Years ago, I took a, a backpacking trip up on the Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh, we got finished hiking one day. And one of the things about backpacking that I love, some people think it's crazy, is that you have everything you need on your back, your food, your lodging, uh, your clothing, and uh, lodging, a.k.a. a tent. And so at the end of, uh, this was years ago, we got to the end of a day, and we were on top of this mountain in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And it was a grassy top, so there were no trees. And the wind was blowing hard. And we had to set our tent up. Now, you can imagine what's, what's the key to setting up a tent in high winds. You need some good stakes, some good anchors, and solid ground. And so I remember us trying to get this tent down on the ground. And we, we drive the anchor or the stake into the ground. And, and if it was, you know, if it's sand, it's easy to push in, but that's no good for an anchor. And we didn't want our tent flying away like a parachute. And so we ended up literally shifting this tent around and turning it and moving it until we finally found that patch of land that had four solid places where the anchor could go into the ground and this tent could be secure. And that's really a picture of your life. Your life is, is positioned in the midst of uncertainty Tonight, we're going to look at Micah chapter 7, and we're going to look at a man, a prophet, whose life was positioned in uncertainty, along with the nation of Israel. So if you would turn to the back of your, in your Bible, or if you don't have a Bible, to the back of your order of worship, we're going to read Micah chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication." Micah was positioned in uncertainty. What we read there is his hope. But the first six verses of chapter seven describe oppression, greed, betrayal, extreme family dysfunction. All six verses lead to what we just read from Micah. It's a, it's a picture of our lives, both on a, a global level, a national level, a personal level. You know what's going on in Aleppo, Syria right now? Isn't it gut-wrenching to read the reports of what's happening there? You know, civilians, women, and children, and not just recently, it's been for years now in this civil war, but thousands upon thousands being killed, children being starved to death over a greedy struggle for power. Then you dial it into our own nation and the racism that has erupted in our country lately. The sitting out on national anthems. It leaves, you, it leaves you scratching your head going, what's going on? And then a presidential election that just exacerbates it and leaves our country divided. You've got ISIS still launching threats and even now against the Christian church on Christian holidays, leaving people in fear. Maybe some of you came tonight with some fear. We live in an uncertain world, and then we get to our own personal lives, whether it be job loss, 
whether it be marriage struggles, whether it be wayward children, a sickness, cancer, disease, undiagnosed health condition, depression, the company you work for is in turmoil. I mean, there's just uncertainty everywhere. And if you've lived long enough, you know that when you live in a season of uncertainty and you just long to get out of it, the minute you get out of that season, where do you land? In a whole nother season of uncertainty. Uncertainty is inevitable in a broken world. It's inevitable. And here's what we tend to do or what the human heart tends to do. In the midst of our uncertainty or our, our, our chaos or our brokenness, we tend to put our hope in better circumstances. In fact, Tim Keller in one of his sermons called The Wounded Spirit says this, we human beings are obsessed with the idea that our happiness is determined by our external circumstances. Whether our body is healthy or looks good, whether we have money or not, whether people are treating us right, if things are going well out there, that will make us happy. The Bible says no, true happiness has nothing to do with your circumstances. Circumstances are an, a horrible anchor for the soul. In fact, when you read the New Testament and the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, it's amazing. He's addressing people in the first century who are facing all kinds of trouble and chaos and uncertainty and persecution. Entire families are being thrown into prison by the civil magistrates. I mean, there's terror, there's evil all around. And in the midst of all of that, when he prays for people, he never prays for their circumstances. He never prays that the, the civil magistrates would stop throwing families in prison. Why? Because circumstances are a horrible anchor for the soul. So what is the anchor for the soul? Look at Micah 7.7. 7. I will look to the Lord. Micah says, I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Then in verse eight, when I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. You notice what he said there. When, when I sit in darkness, the moment I'm sitting in darkness or uncertainty, the Lord will be a light. In other words, Micah's saying that his hope is not found in the darkness going away or the circumstance changing. He says, no, in the midst of the darkness, my hope is in the Lord and his salvation that brings light, that penetrates the darkness right in the midst of the uncertainty. You see, his hope is not in the circumstance. It's in the Lord of salvation. Of course, he was speaking of Jesus Christ, and we sit on the opposite side of the cross. That Jesus Christ, the one born in a manger, the one who lived a perfect life in the midst of darkness, in the midst of sin, in the midst of chaos in the first century, the one who went to the cross and took all of that darkness and all of that brokenness and all of that sin on his shoulders. And Jesus Christ, the one that rose from the dead and brought the light of new life into this world. Jesus Christ is the only anchor for your soul. Only anchor for your soul. You say, why? Look at verse nine. Why is Jesus a, a, an anchor that holds? 
Verse nine, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. No matter how dark your circumstances get, Jesus Christ is always pleading your cause. That's your hope. He pleads your cause in two ways. First, he pleads your cause in regards to sin. It says here that he executes judgment for you. What that means is that the judgment that you deserve, that I deserve for our sin, Jesus took it upon himself on the cross. He bore God's full judgment for you. And now it says that he's your advocate at the right hand of the Father, and that now when you sin, Jesus pleads your cause. When you sin, he pleads with the Father. Father, I covered that one. Father, I paid for that one. I covered it. He pleads your cause. And he also pleads your cause in the darkness or the situation you may find yourself in. He is constantly interceding, the Bible says, for you, meaning that he's saying, Father, Holy Spirit, strengthen him. Strengthen her. She's struggling in the darkness and the pain she faces. And he's also pleading, Father, Holy Spirit, use this hardship for good. Draw good, draw light out of this. Jesus is your anchor because he is constantly pleading your cause. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a prolific writer in the 20th century, uh, a prolific Christian writer. In 1933, when Adolf Hitler took control of Germany, Bonhoeffer started to speak out against Nazism and what was going on on the radio. And for 10 years, for a decade, he eluded the authorities and escaped the authorities who were obviously bearing down on him. 1943, though, he finally got arrested. And he got thrown into prison during World War II. Two years in prison. And he writes, and he says in prison, he felt so helpless. He couldn't do anything. And so what did he do? He just wrote. He wrote. But he heard about his friends. He heard about his parents' home getting bombed, all that was happening. And he was sitting in prison. And he talks about, as he wrote in prison, and what I'm going to read to you here, God in a manger, which was his reflections on Advent and the waiting. And he was sitting in prison and he was waiting. And he said it profoundly affected the way that he viewed Advent and he viewed Christmas and he viewed the coming of Christ. Eventually, in 1945, he was hung to death by Hitler. But in those final two years, listen to what he wrote. And then just when everything is bearing down on us to such an extent that we can scarcely withstand it, the Christian message comes to tell us that all our ideas are wrong and that what we take to be evil and dark is really good and light because it comes from God. Our eyes are at fault, that is all. God is in the manger. Wealth and poverty, light and darkness, succor and abandonment. No evil can befall us. Whatever men may do to us, they cannot but serve the God who is secretly revealed as love and rules the world and our lives. 
Is your life anchored to Jesus Christ? Your only hope, the only anchor that won't pull and give way and break. Anchor to the one who was born in a manger, but who now stands at the right hand of the Father, longing to plead your cause. If your life is not anchored in Jesus Christ, I plead with you to anchor your life in Christ because it's your only hope. Let's pray. Father, we live in a very uncertain world. What we see in the news, what we see all around us, Father, there are people here tonight who are, some that are in great circumstances, some that are in bad circumstances, who are experiencing hardship and trouble. And I pray that you would anchor and root our hearts in you, Jesus. That we would find our hope in you, Jesus, the one who pleads our cause before the Father, the one who pleads our cause in the midst of our darkness, and that this Advent season, though filled with wonderful traditions and time with family and friends, that this Advent season would be marked by you, Jesus, alone being the anchor for our souls an anchor that will never, ever give way. And we pray this all in Christ's name, amen.